Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined today by my handsome husband, Dewey. Hello, Dewey. Hello, my beautiful wife, and hello to all of the cat fans out there in the big cat world. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about cat spraying. And, oh, P.U., there's not a more terrible scent on earth than cat spray. Wow. It could eat paint off the walls. <laughs> no, that's why we're talking about it. I've heard from a couple people this week that have specifically had cat spraying issues. And it's really challenging to live with an actively spraying cat. It's, it's, a, it's a very earthy, pungent odor. <laughs> More like putrid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with what is cat spray? So, essentially, it's when a cat sprays urine, typically on a vertical surface, meaning on a wall, like a cat will back up to a wall. Their tail is usually erect straight up in the air. Sometimes that tail will be quivering. Sometimes those back feet will be stomping just a little bit. And it's, you know, it's different from regular urinating. Sometimes people will, will mistake and say, my cat's spraying but it's really just peeing outside the litter box. So if it's regular urinating, that's typically done in a squatting position on a horizontal surface, whether the cat's male or female. Male cats don't raise their legs on fire hydrants, just just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> and is it always males, male cats that do it, right? Well, it's most, the, the three, it's most, yes, most unaltered males make up the largest percentage of cat spraying, followed by neutered males and followed by unspayed females and spayed females. Um, in fact, and, and you know, I, I hadn't come across too many female cats that, that spray, but I had a case in New Mexico of a lady who said, you know, my cat is actually, in this case, it was backwards. Usually I get calls saying, my cat's spraying. And when, in fact, we find out that it's urinating outside the litter box. Well, in this case, the cat said, the lady says, my my cat is, is peeing outside the litter box. I need help. So I get over there and there are eight indoor cats. They, they're indoor, outdoor. They stay mostly in the house, but the outside door pretty much stays open. And... The culprit was a uh, a tortie, a tricolor cat, so it was female. And uh, and I said, well, show me where she's urinating. And she takes me over to the kitchen and, and shows me the side of the refrigerator. And I'm like, what? And the cat was jumping up on the counter and spraying the side of the refrigerator. So the first thing I asked her, are you sure? Because this was a spayed female. I said, are you sure? It's this cat. And she said, oh, yeah, I've seen her do it. It's this one. And so I had to tell her, well, that's not pee, that's spray. So we had to get to the bottom of it and when it started and so on and so forth. But when it started seemed to coincide with when the lady brought a 
a feral cat home that was living in her art studio out back and was trying to get that cat you know, acclimated, and that cat would show up for dinner time and things. And so this cat was spraying. Now it was spraying on the counter, onto the refrigerator, because that's where she fed the cats. So the food bowls were also up there. And she's simply, you know, marking up there, marking territory. Wow. So um, why does it smell so bad? Well, it's it's a smaller amount. It, you know, the other thing about that you can tell the difference between is your cat spraying or is he urinating. Spray is a small amount, whereas urine is a puddle. And it, even though it's smaller, it's much more pungent. Um, it's it's not. It is urine. There there is urine in there, but it's got extra communication chemicals in there. In the case of unaltered males, that's mostly testosterone, and it continues to smell in an unaltered cat's urine for about two weeks, even after you neuter it. You you've experienced that here. Where I'm trying to think who it was most recently. Um, I think it with blueberry we had that. He came and he was an unaltered male, a couple years old, and smelled like cat spray and had him neutered and it continued to reek of cat spray for another couple weeks before it finally went away. Uh, yeah, man. And that was that was terrible. I I feel for anybody that's having that problem and I can I can imagine the frustration that's going on. So uh, marking territory is why they do it? Well, it's a way of communicating to them. You got to remember, it's a natural behavior. They're not punishing you, although it can feel like that. <laughs> but territorial is usually the main reason because they're feeling threatened, usually by another potential territory invader or or perception of a territory invader, like the, the refrigerator peeing cat saw this other cat outside and went, oh, somebody's trying to get our stuff. And, and then they start marking. But, you know, it, it happens when they feel anxious and insecure. So it could also happen if there's changes in their environment. You know, if you've moved or if things aren't in the right place or a boyfriend or girlfriend moves in with you. Um, it can also happen when there's conflicts between cats, both those inside your home and, like I said, those that they can see outside. Oh, wow. Okay, so let's get to the meat of the episode. How do we stop that? <laughs> For God's <laughs> sake, this is a terrible subject, but how well, do we stop that? Well, the first thing you do is cut their balls off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not what we I wanted a- to hear, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we... Uh, we have an adorable um, rescue partner here in the Dallas community that's so cute. She posts pictures of these community cats that she's trying to trap and neuter. And then she writes on there, she just draws little arrows to one. She goes, got these balls. Of course, she spells it B-A-L-L-Z. Got these balls. Got them balls. Gonna get these balls. <laughs> it's very cute. But seriously, first and foremost, neuter your male cats. Um, you know, it, it, it is the number one reason that they spray is because they're unaltered males. They're doing what's natural. These are my bitches. This is my home. I am Mark in my territory. And so that's the first thing you got to do. And spay your females, of course. I mean, we don't, certainly don't need any more unwanted litters out there. And, you know, if you've got an unaltered male and you let it outside, it's just going out there and populating the neighborhood full of 
unwanted litters. And, you know, the average lifespan of, of cats living on the street is far less than in your home. So let, let's try to keep that population down. But even when a Tom has in the Tom, that's, that's not like Tom, Dick, and Harry. Tom is what we call unaltered male cats that typically live on the street. Um, even when a Tom has been neutered, it doesn't guarantee the spraying stops. You know, recently we had this adorable cat in the shelter, came in as a stray, completely beat up, beat up bad, like open flesh wounds, and he needed some time in recovery. So the vet staff neutered him, and uh, and we called these, you know, the, these are the guys that have these pumpkin heads, these giant fat face male cats, and we call them chonky. And so... We, and this particular one's foster named him Chonky Tonk. <laughs> so Chonky Tonk goes off to fostering. And, and we know that it's a, you know, this is a male cat that's, you know, obviously in a territory. He's older, so he's getting lots of competition by the young males. And we're thinking, you know, if if he can find an indoor home and, and live the life of luxury to him, that would be awesome. And, and he did. He's one of these cats that was really friendly and acted like he had won the lottery. He thought he was in the penthouse of the Taj Mahal in the shelter. He was like, whoa, people come along and pet me. I'm getting food on a regular basis. I don't have to work for it anymore. Nobody's beating me up. He thought he was in hog heaven in the shelter. So he goes to this foster and he's recently been neutered and everything's fine you know the urine still smells strong of the testosterone because it hadn't had a chance to work its way out yet but then he sees her barn cats out the window the male cats in particular and he starts spraying and he's continued to spray even though he's been neutered now he's fine around the ladies the female cats he loves he's rubbing all up on her female cats but but just the sight of a male cat if he knows it's male that tail starts swishing and he backs himself up to something and starts quivering and he'll start spraying so it can continue even after neutering but neutering is your absolute number one best opportunity to get a male cat to stop spraying so what can you do if the cat feels territory feels like its territory is being invaded? Well, you've got to block the view to the outside cats. You know, you, you've got to make it where they can't see them, out of sight, out of mind in a cat's world. So they sell this, this film. It's like a frosted, adhesive, easy to stick on, almost like static cling film that you can get. Uh, there's a link for it on the website at catbehaviorsolutions.org. Up at the top, you'll see a button called Resources. Take that down to Products. Take that down to Deterrence. And on that deterrent page, there's a bunch of products like that that will address these outside cats. One of them is the window film to block the outside view. Another one that's on that page is what's called a scarecrow sprinkler. So that's a sprinkler that you set up on your hose and it's motion activated. So anytime a cat walks by, the sprinkler will turn on 
and that that's usually much more effective than other things. And then a lot of people don't want to do that or can't do that for whatever reason. So you can also use um, coffee grounds, like your used coffee grounds. Stick those by the areas that the cats are coming in. Cats are repelled to the smell of citrus. You could use that. Or you can take big like turkey pans, those aluminum turkey pans, and fill them with vinegar and put that on the areas that they're coming into the yard. You can do things, if you can identify how they're getting in and, and where they're walking in your yard, you can do things like, you know, tack deterrents on top of wooden fence lines, which are either carpet runners point side up, or they make these really spiky, you know, kind of like the ones you see that, that uh, keep pigeons from landing on things not that long and drastic but similar to that for for cats all those things are on that deterrent page on my site so the first thing you got to do for outdoor cats is to either get those cats to quit using your yard as a as a highway or block the view from your inside cats and what about conflicts between roommate cats Well, the first thing you have to do is determine which cat is doing the marking. So if you've got, obviously, multiple cats or you wouldn't be having conflicts between cats and everybody thinks they know who the culprit is and sometimes it'll surprise you. And of course, in this case, it's not just the male cats. It could be your female cats that are doing the marking. A lot of people assume, well, it's only male cats that mark. And a lot of people come into the shelter, by the way, going, I only want female because... I don't want to have to deal with spraying. It happens all the time. But female cats do spray also. But you can try to figure out which cat is doing it a couple different ways. You can talk to your vet about prescribing something that's called fluorescin. It's a, it's a harmless dye, and it, and it won't stain the furniture or walls. But it causes the urine to glow blue, makes the urine blue, and especially under ultravite. Uh, ultraviolet light and it glows even more for 24 hours you can still just get one of those ultralight flashlights i don't know why i'm having trouble saying ultralight this morning <laughs> ultralight black light flashlights and uh, and look at urine that way just naturally it glows but the fluorescent makes it glow even more and you can also just simply confine the cats one at a time so put one of the cats in a room and, and leave the other one out and look for the fresh mark spots, and then you'll know which ones have been marking. That's the first thing you need to do. So uh, are you sure that it doesn't stain the walls or furniture? Because I can imagine having someone come over for dinner and having blue drips running down the walls. <laughs> uh, I mean, so I can't imagine that that wouldn't be seen, but, it, you know, maybe so. Well, they, they say it doesn't. Um, you know, they, they say it doesn't. I, I can't I can't attest to that. I, I've never actually used that product personally. So I don't know. But they say it doesn't stain anything. So but once you've determined which cat is doing the marking, play it, pay close attention to their body language and movements throughout the day to how they interact with each other. You know, and and let me give you an example. So I get this this case where they call and they say, cat's peeing outside the litter box, peeing in our closet. And the, the man was just furious. The cat is peeing in our closet. And I had two cats. 
I go over there. Both cats are very pleasant. They both come up and see me digging through my bag, that kind of thing. And I'm watching them. And over the course, you know, we go and take a tour of the house and look at the areas the cats are peeing in and where they're fed and water and all the stuff I normally do. Litter boxes, of course, check all that stuff out. And then we sit back down in the living room to talk. Well, the male cat lays down on the floor and I'm watching the female cat come through. So he's laying on the floor with his back to the room where the litter boxes are. And this is living room. So litter boxes are like through the kitchen and out the garage. But the only way to the litter boxes is through this probably six foot area, you know, through the living room. And he lays down, just casually lays down, acts like he's sleeping. And and the female cat comes in and wants to get by him. Because, of course, the food bowls and water bowls are also in the kitchen. And she walks up and I can tell... She stops, she sees him, she stops, her tail starts kind of just slightly flicking back and forth and she's looking and she goes kind of tiptoes quietly way around by the wall around him. Of course, he wakes up, head comes up, he looks at her and she walks more quickly by him and he turns around and watches her go. That there is silent bullying. And it's very subtle and it's very quiet. But if you have one cat that will cut a wide berth around your other cats and you notice you have a cat laying in a spot like that that just happens to be on the way to all the other resources, then you've got some bullying going on. And and that's that's something you need to know. So in this case, you know, we fixed it by spreading resources and so on and so forth. But, um, but to answer your question, no, I don't think the blue stuff drips down the walls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and that is pretty subtle. If you did have something that, that would help, you know, identify where it's coming from and who it's coming from, that's kind of subtle. And it's also subtle to, to notice the cats, uh, you know, going around one of the other cats and the bullying stuff, so too, because, you know, I imagine there's probably quite a bit of that posturing and silent bullying going on without cat owners even noticing it. Exactly, exactly, and and that's you know, it, that's why it's important to have another outside set of eyes on the cats. You know, if they hadn't called me over for a consult, they never would have noticed that. You get used to your cats and their movements and you don't really even look at them with fresh eyes anymore. And so because I, you know, didn't intimately know these cats and live with them, I'm watching their their movements and their body language for what it is. And and when I pointed it out to them, I said, did you just see that? You saw that? What, what she did? And they said, yeah. And I said, you know, that that is an indication that there's some fear there of the male cat there are some perceived or real fear of that male cat and she's afraid to walk by him and you know why he's positioned there is because he's you know blocking that so a lot of times you know having a a behavior specialist come in and observe your cats will give you a lot more insight into what's really going on that sounds like a plug-in for you, my love. <laughs> yes, and if you don't know <laughs> Just give know Molly one. a call, and she'll step right in and help you work this out. <laughs> exactly. 
So what can you do about once you figure out which cat is doing this? Well, in just like in this case, the first thing you have to do is make sure you have enough litter boxes, which means one more than numbers of cats. They need to be kept clean because no cat likes to step in a litter box to pee or poop and have to step on soiled spots. So it's very important that you scoop them at least once a day. I prefer twice a day. And it's also important for the same reason that the boxes be big enough. Boxes need to be one and a half times the length of your longest cat so that there's a lot of surface area. And so if you've got a big enough box uncovered, because nobody wants to go pee in a cave where they can be ambushed coming out, um, you need to place your boxes in low traffic areas, but not completely hidden. So in this case that I was talking about where this bullying was going on, they had uh, like a little hallway to the garage door, and they had taken a, a pantry in there and cut a hole in the bottom of the pantry door and put the cat boxes in there. Well, clearly this female cat was was feeling threatened by the male cat, and these cats didn't fight. So th- this is probably a perceived, you know, perception of hers. Oh my God, he's going to get me. And she didn't want to go in that little tight space to pee because he might be waiting for her when she comes out. So it's important that they be in low traffic areas, um, and but that it also have two escape routes. So uncovered, I always say a foot away from the wall, that gives them uh, another escape route. And, um, you know, so somewhere out of the way, but not too out of the way. And then the other resources you need to distribute around as well. Multiple food and water places, Um, lots of scratching posts, not just one, and not all clumped together in the same area. And that's true with the litter boxes, by the way. If they had, as they had like two, two or three litter boxes down that hallway to the garage and that pantry thing. And if they, one of the things we did was spread those litter boxes around the house where this bully couldn't possibly get all of them. And that way she could get to one safely at all times. But you need to do that with all the resources, food, water, scratching posts, toys, so that they can use them without coming into contact with one another. And then, of course, pheromones. Pheromones always help. They're not a magic wand. I, just about every consult I go on has tried pheromones, and it's not, it's not fixing the problem. And, and it's true, they won't. They won't fix a problem by themselves. But they do help the cats to feel more safe and calm and comfortable. And it's always uh, a good thing to do, you know, to, to have as a layered approach effect. Oh, yeah, and I would imagine cleaning the spot that where this is happening has got to be, I mean, for me, my OCD, I couldn't take it. I'd have to clean it, but uh, imagine, <laughs> I mean, that's that's important to clean the spoiled, the, the spots, the, I mean, it's, yes. anyway, I think yes. that's important. <laughs> I mean, they, I it drives my OCD crazy just thinking about it. You can't it. even like, talk. Ah, it's funny. Like, ah. Yeah, boy, I see that, yeah. and I'm just like, Damn, it's like having a kid that just made a mess, you know, yes. you, you jump yeah. right on it, you know, so. Well, uh, and it's, it's important in this case because, you know, the cat smell, you know, one cat sprays somewhere, another cat comes along and smells it 
and feels like they need to put their scent over it. So now all of a sudden you got a litter box happening in the middle of your living room that, you know, you didn't want. But, and you do need to clean it. Don't clean with ammonia because urine contains ammonia and, and ammonia can actually attract your cat back to that spot. Most people like to use an enzyme-based cleaner. I personally don't recommend that because enzymes are, you know, they're bacterial bugs that eat the bacteria. Bacteria eats bacteria and in the enzymes are that and they don't live forever. So if you happen to buy a bottle of, of cleaner off the shelf that, you know, that the bugs, the little enzyme bugs are still alive, then once you spray them in the air, they're not going to live very long anyway. So I like to use a negative ion solution or positive ion solution, sorry. The urine and all decaying organic matter is, is negative ions. And so when you apply a positive ion to a negative ion, it totally neutralizes it forever. So with the enzyme cleaners, those bacteria only work for as long as they're alive. They don't get all of the urine and then the smell returns, which is why a lot of those products come with you know, fragrances that'll be real flowery and things like that to mask the returning of the odor and you think the product's done its job, but the cats can still smell that urine in there. Whereas the the ion system completely neutralizes the odor forever. As long as you get enough of it in there and get it really soaked in. And the product I like to use, one of the only on the market that actually uses this approach is called Live Pee Free. And a lot of people are skeptical about it, but, you know, these people sell products. I mean, this is a big company that sold product into a lot of different industries and just recently got into the pet industry. They sell to nursing homes and, you know, how the urine smell is sadly in nursing homes. They sell to uh, garbage companies because they coat the inside of big dumpsters and things with it to control odor. It's a very, very effective odor control, odor killer. Now, of course, if your cat comes back and pees again on the spot, then, you know, that's a, that's a fresh thing, a new, new deal. You're going to need more. But, um, but I believe in it so strongly, it's why I carry it on the site. So if you go to our website, again, that's catbehaviorsolutions.org, and you go to the Behavior Boutique, to our little store, we call it the Behavior Boutique. If you go there... Uh, you'll find Live Pee Free available in a spray size bottle. I think it's a 16 ounce or 14 ounce or something like that spray bottle. And then we have larger refill bottles for sale as well. So I strongly recommend if you have cat spraying that you get some Live Pee Free and get rid of it. That's amazing stuff. I've seen it work. So uh, why don't you tell everyone what they should do if they catch their cat in the act of spraying? Well, it's, it's hard not to yell and freak out and want to stop it, but all of that is futile. If you yell, it just makes the cat afraid of you because all of a sudden you've become very unpredictable and scary. Cats rely on predictability and routine and they expect you to be kind of even tempered and then all of a sudden, you know, they're doing something that comes natural to them and you're all of a sudden making lots of noise and in their face and screaming and they're like, holy crap, what did I do? They do not relate the two things at all. And, and it just only 
acts to degrade the bond you have with your cat doesn't doesn't work and for god's sakes don't rub their noses in it you know you always see puppies a puppy pees in the house you rub their nose in it you know again cats are just doing what comes natural to them and they don't associate it with being wrong and certainly don't throw things at them i know a lot of people wad up balls of paper and they see their cat spraying they throw it at the cat you know none of that is effective at stopping spraying it's just making your cat afraid of you so don't do any of that fix the problem you know let's get to the root of why the cat is spraying probably territorial and what's going on in your house with your resources that is causing the cat to feel insecure or anxious so let's let's kind of recap what you're recommending. Uh, so first, we're removing the territory invasion threat of outdoor cats, right? We're expanding resources with, with multi-house cats, uh, you know, or cats in the household. So we're we're expanding that operation a little bit, giving them a wider berth and different places to go and things of that nature. We're cleaning thoroughly using pee free. <laughs> yes. Uh, and using pheromones. Um, so that sounds like that's uh, quite a bit for somebody to sort of jot down and, and start doing. Implementing all of that at any one time is may have to come back to this podcast and listen to it again. Yeah, it's, it's very important that a cat feel comfortable. You know, at the end of the day, these are little wild creatures that, that live among us. We need to understand that their nature is very, very different from our own and very different from dogs, which they normally, we just assume that a cat's going to act like a dog. And it doesn't because cats still have a 96% DNA linkage to their wildcat ancestors. And, you know, they're, they're still little wildcats in there. So, so they are more wild creatures than dogs they also are solitary by nature you know they're not pack animals they're not going to be happy to see another cat they're going to be threatened to see another cat so we need to we need to understand where their behavior issues come from and and what causes them to feel the way that they do you know spraying's probably the worst of these issues but, you know, when they don't feel secure and they feel like they're having territory invaders, they can also start scratching on furniture because scratching is a territorial marker as well. Most sofas and chairs that are scratched on, you'll find will be in direct line of sight of a door or a window. Other things is, you know, inner cat fighting. Cats that got along just fine all of a sudden start fighting because there's some new tomcat using the yard as a, as a crossway. That's very, very common. And, and you know, there are just some male cats, like maybe Chunky Tonk, that can't cohabitate with other male cats or other cats at all without spraying. And just at the end of the day, there might be some that are just going to spray n- no matter what because there's nothing you can do other than making it an only cat household to make that cat feel more secure. Well, I am so glad that we've never had to deal with that in our home because you've done an excellent job, my love, making sure that the fosters all felt secure. Any cat that comes into this 
domain, you always make sure they feel good and comfortable and they have lots of everything that they need. And so I'm sure glad we're, we haven't had to do that. So thank you for that. And thank you for another great podcast today. You're always so informative and always have lots of things for people to think about and some imp- implementation items. So that's good. Uh, I'd also like to talk to people out there. Molly has many of these podcasts on uh, cat behavior solutions and cat behavior and care topics on catbehaviorsolutions.org. So please go visit that site. Also help us out by following Cat Behavior Solutions on Instagram. That's kind of a new one for me, so it'd be good to <laughs> see how that works. Dewey lives uh, in the dark ages. He doesn't do Instagram. <laughs> I do. I'm like Bigfoot. I'm only peeking behind rocks and trees, and so <laughs> I don't know what happens out there in the real world. So, But I do know that there's one thing that everybody talks about, and that's that like button that's on the out there on those <laughs> Facebook pages. <laughs> he doesn't go out on Facebook either, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but but I did hear about this. It was written and I've heard it in the wind. And it says hit the like button when you go to Cat Behavior Solutions or Cat Talk Radio page on Facebook. Hit the like button. Whatever that means, please uh, let's go and yes. Hit the it like helps button us. It and helps share us. it with other cat owners because we like it, you like it, they got to like it. It does help us to have a, a good following on Facebook. And also, um, speaking of resources that I provide out there, we just got back from Global Pet Expo, which is the, the largest you know, uh, retail pet product show in in the world and that's awesome and you'll be seeing mm. a lot of new products in the behavior boutique soon um, we picked up some new things some exciting things that uh, help enrichment with your cat and things like that and um, and I've also started a new section to my blog called Dear Molly like the old Dear Abby for those of you old enough to remember her there'll be a large percentage of our audience going Dear who? <laughs> But I get these emails every day pretty pretty much asking me kind of a simple question, you know, valid questions or no stupid questions. So feel free to email me with your questions and I may share them on the on the Dear Molly part of the blog. And and when I reply to them, I figure, gosh, if one person's asking that, there's probably ten more with that same question on their mind. So I put it on the blog. Um, your question and anonymous anonymously, of course, I won't identify who you are. And then I post the answer that I, I sent you back. So um, check out the blog and the new Dear Molly posts in there. And, um, you know, if you're having a problem that just seems unsolvable with your cats, I'm always available for virtual and in-home consultations. And uh, when you go out to our site, you'll see after you look around for a couple of seconds, a cute little window pops up and asks you if you would like to join our mailing list. So if you'll do that, take a second and do that, then you'll receive notifications from us when events are happening or seminars or I'm holding cat clicker training classes or something like that. So take that time too. Oh, and let me interject one more thing. If you've learned something from one of our podcasts, considering sending us a gratuity donation Any amount helps us keep the show on the air and deliver resources to cat owners to help keep cats out of shelters. That's the number one priority. 
keep them out of the shelters by taking care of behaviors. That's and right. And that's exactly the goal for this. So thank that's you. Exactly right. Please consider that. And you can make a tax-deductible donation to Cat Behavior Solutions because it's a nonprofit charity organization, a 501c3. And there is a donate button at the top of the website, and uh, which is catbehaviorsolutions.org. I feel like we've said that a lot today, but <laughs> but hopefully you'll go there and send us five bucks if you got a good tip off a podcast one time, um, just so we can keep drinking coffee while we do this. And keeping <laughs> cats out of the shelters is important because shelter euthanasia is still the number one cause of death in cats. We're working hard to turn that around on many levels, working with cats in shelters, working in ways for the community to embrace more community cats, things of that nature. But first step is shelter diversion, keeping those cats out of the shelters in the first place. So join us on that cause, help support our our tireless efforts. And uh, we look forward to having you join us again next week for more Cat Talk on Cat Talk Radio. Until next time. So long, cat friends. (laughs) Keep calm and purr on. Yay. Goodbye. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.